You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy. No, I, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. It's just that easy, right? Just snap your fingers sing a song, you got that joy just down in your heart. Um, it's not always that easy, and uh, that's uh, what we're going to talk about today, is, is choosing joy in our life. And um, do you have joy in your life? Like, do you have joy in your life? Like, what comes to your mind when I ask you that question? I'm guessing for some of you, there may be something that came up in your mind that is keeping you from joy or is keeping you from just having that, that complete joy that is offered to us because we have that relationship with Jesus. And we're going to talk today about overcoming that. We're going to talk today about how we step into the full, complete joy that is offered to us because we have a relationship with a Savior who loves us and wants the best for us. Um, so this, this summer, there's been a bit of a theme of getting ready. Um, TK, when he last preached, I don't know, was that like a year ago? Last year? Um, when, he, when he last preached, uh, he talked about having vision for what is to come in the church. You know, what is the church going to look like in 30 years? And what is our part going to be in that? And as we dream, as we um, get just passionate about what God wants to do through us and through Redemption Seed Church. TK and Sandy already talked about it this morning. There are great, huge, amazing things that God has called this church to do. Um, I, can, I mean, I can only imagine 25 years from now looking back and seeing the many nations, the many people that were touched because of the faithfulness of the people in this church. That's so exciting. But the last few weeks, we've been talking about getting ready and about there being a foundation that allows us to actually do that. Um, I mean, I'm talking about joy today, and, you know, it says rejoice in the Lord always. But how can you rejoice in the Lord always if you don't know him, if you aren't seeking him out? You know, Pat, Patrick gave a wonderful message about being a student. And so there's, there's, there's a need to have that foundation of, like, actually looking for what he has to say and, and reading the word. And that's a big part of the foundation. And Tim talked about just how we need to envision the victory and that we have to spend time actually doing that. We can't just assume the victory is going to happen. We have to actually envision it and step out in faith to actually accomplish that victory. Um, but last week in worship is when I felt the Lord kind of pivoted this message into truly understanding what it means to experience joy and have joy as a foundation. We had a time of ministry where, um, you know, there were just tears flowing for me because there were people who had walls that were breaking, that had 
um, wounds that were holding them back. And there was this time of ministry that was just really, really rich. But I also felt the Lord say that I want my people to experience joy. So here's the main point today. It takes work and it takes a decision on your part to actually walk in the fullness uh, and the full blessing of joy in the Lord. The end result of life founded on joy is a life that is effective for Christ. And there's a real urgency here. We can't just wait it out and hope that eventually we're going to just walk into it. No, it's something that you need to decide today. And um, I want to spend most of the time talking about what happens when we're struggling to find joy. But I feel it's important to really understand how badly Jesus wants this for us. How badly he just wants us to have joy. He talked about it often. And so I want to spend some time in John 17 just to create a foundation for this message of how much Jesus wants this for us. Patrick said it a couple weeks ago. God wants to have a relationship with you. The creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with you individually. And so John 17, man, this chapter is so good. I, I told uh, Kendra, my wife, that um, sometimes you read a chapter in the Bible and you're like, I know I've read this before, but I haven't really read this before. You know, because you can kind of skim over something and you don't, you're not like actually digesting just the heart and the, um, the Holy Spirit will just move in you. And John 17 is Jesus' prayer to his Father before he is arrested and eventually crucified. That's an entire chapter is all about Jesus' prayer for us. And so I want to focus, I mean, read the whole chapter because it will move you. Um, but we're going to read uh, verses 10 through 13. And this is Jesus again talking to uh, our Heavenly Father. He says, All mine are yours. And yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And so I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them have been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Can't you just feel the love in that passage? Just saying, I have guarded them. I have guarded them. Like, he was so intentional about protecting and guiding and speaking life over the disciples. And now he's saying that, I'm coming to you, Father, and these things I speak, while he's still in the world, he is praying these things, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That's just extremely encouraging, because our Lord wants this for us so bad. And even before this, in chapter 16, John 16 and 24, he says, Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. But ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. He was intentional in consistently talking about this concept of our joy being full. And think of it a little bit as, as a, a fuel gauge, right? Like, it, it is one of those things where you can have abundance of joy. You can have a little bit of joy. 
But there's this consistent theme that Jesus wants our joy to be complete, our joy to be full. And so I hope in hearing that passage, you're just hearing the heart of our Lord and also I mean, the heart of Jesus, the heart of the Father, because he so badly wants you to have joy. All right, so I just wanted to quickly spend a little time in that passage so we can remind ourselves of how badly Jesus wants that for us. But let's talk about that word joy. So the Greek word kara is used almost 60 times in the New Testament. And the definition is joy, gladness, or to be exceedingly glad. Um, I, for whatever reason, uh, in in being brought up in um, the church, people talk about joy is not happiness, and I agree with that. Joy does not equal happiness. Um, They're two different things. Happiness can be fleeting. It can be a just something that that you experience on a day-to-day basis just real quick, and then it goes away. Um, Joy is foundational. Joy is constant. But oftentimes it feels pretty good. Like, joy feels good. (laughs) Joy is a good feeling. It, It... There's passages in the scripture, and we're going to talk about it, where it says, count it all joy when you um, encounter suffering. Um, And we're going to talk about that. But you do need to understand that joy, it's fine. Extreme gladness, that's that's happiness that feels good. So while it doesn't mean that happiness equals joy, do you know that oftentimes happiness can be a big part of joy? And for whatever reason, growing up, I just, I always thought that there was this, oh, you can't mention happiness with joy because they're different things. No, it's, it's part of it. And it's, it's something that we relate to, right? That, that good feeling. Um, but the thing that is Im- important about joy is that, I've already said it, it's not based on circumstances. It is steadfast. It isn't based on feeling. It is based on knowing. But when you know it's there, it feels good. <laughs> so I'm just trying to confuse you as much as possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, to just talk about how amazing this joy is, 1 Peter 1.8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. That's what we're talking about here. That is a joy that's exciting. That's something that we can all get behind because we, we want that. We want that inexpressible joy that just is ever constant in our life. And just to hammer this point home, that word kara is used in like Luke 2 when he talks about, I bring you tidings of great joy. That's not, I bring you tidings of great contentment. It's, I bring you tidings of great joy. And so I just want to really hammer that home that there is this incredible uh, fullness that comes with joy. And oftentimes, it can be accompanied by happiness. But um, when, what about when we don't have joy? What about when we don't have joy in our life? So this is where I want to talk through James 1-2. And this is where I really felt the Holy Spirit just honing in on you're going through something difficult. When I asked you earlier, do you have joy in your life? You may have thought about something and be like, I, I don't because of this. I don't. I'm going through 
something that's extremely difficult. Um, Kendra and I, a couple years ago, um, had one of our hardest years, probably the hardest year of our life and hardest year of our marriage, as we were, you know, going through just so much um, from a personal standpoint with, um, with our son and, and understanding him better and his needs and also work. I was putting on a performance plan at my job. I was every day feeling like there was uncertainty and didn't know if I was going to be able to um, take care of my family. And, um, and I had also gotten to a place where um, I was very focused on the wrong things in life. I, I wasn't focused on my family as much as I should be. And this, this whole whirlwind created a couple months where I was just flat out depressed. It was dark, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it. And when we're going through those times, it's extremely important for us to talk about it and be real about it and not think that joy means that we put on a happy face. So James 1-2, when it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, I'm going to put my happy face on. Everything's really great. I, I know I just lost my job, but God's got it, and I, I'm going to count it all joy, and it's going to be really great, and ooh, uh, that bill came up, and I can't pay it, but it's fine. Uh, God's got it, and I'm just going to smile, and that's not what this verse is saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. It says, count it all joy when you encounter suffering, but it doesn't say that you're going to feel great while you're going through that suffering. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 11. These two verses are so important together. Hebrews 12, 11 says, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That word pleasant in that verse that's kara. That's the same word that is interpreted as joy all throughout the scripture. It's the same word. So for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than joyful. When you're going through it, it's so important to say, I am in pain. I am going through something difficult. Because if you don't, you're not able to come out the other side because you weren't real. You weren't allowing yourself to grow through it. You weren't allowing yourself to be sharpened in that time, in that period. Kendra and I have just been so touched by one specific, um, one specific devotional by Oswald Chambers where it talks about how we are made for the valleys. And like the peaks are great, but we as Christians, we're made for the valleys to be sharpened, to grow to go through the fire. And that is then when you come back out the other side and you're like, that joy is strengthened because you allowed yourself to go through that and you allowed yourself to be real about that. So that is a, that's a big barrier, I feel, for a lot of Christians because we have the ultimate good news. We do. We have Jesus. That is the ultimate good news. But guess what? We're human. And we chose the bad news. We chose sin. We chose flesh. And therefore it takes work because our heart 
is innately fleshy. It's innately evil. That's what Lorna talked about last week, that we have to be undone to our fleshy self. We have to be undone to the sin um, that is so um, a part of our flesh. And I, I mention this because um, I feel like we are the blocker a lot of times between us and joy, between us and experiencing joy. And, you know, Tim talked a lot a couple weeks ago about how Satan loves it when he can just pounce on our weaknesses. But I do want to talk about James 1 in that James 1 is all about how, I mean, there's lots in James 1, but let's read this passage here. It, in James 1, uh, let's see, 12 through 15, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has pr- promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So hone in on these verses, 14, 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. James 1 does not mention the devil at all. We do a pretty good job of getting in our own way. We do a pretty good job of that, and it's our sinful nature that often gets in the way. So, again, I asked that question at the beginning. Do you have joy in your life? There may be something. There may be, there may, may be many things that are getting in your way. Um, but one of the things that we have to do, we have to be self-aware about what we are doing to ourselves, and about what our sinful nature, what decisions are we making that are getting in the way of joy, we so often are trying to find every excuse and be like, well, that person did that to me and that really hurt me and that person really needs to repent. And all of a sudden we're focusing on every which direction to try and just shove off our own responsibility. I, when, I was, when I was praying for, about this message and like something to bring this home, I was reminded of, of a stupid story in my past. So... Um, on my campus, my college campus in Greeley, some of you went to UNC, I think. Um, there's a, woo, UNC. So um, I don't remember the exact road, so the story would be better if I could actually name the road. But um, there's part of the campus where if you are traveling east, you cannot make a left turn into the campus. You have to be traveling west. And there, on a snowy day, um, I, I just wanted to get to campus. So I made this left turn into this parking lot, knowing full well that it was not allowed. And strangely, I got a ticket because someone was there. And I, for whatever reason, this is ridiculous, this is true, I decided to fight it because there was snow on the left turn sign. I didn't see the left turn sign or the no left turn sign. And so I seriously went and I like t- took pictures of it with snow on. And I, got, I drove my car to the court and I was like, I've got a case against this. Um, you need to just get rid of this ticket because you can see that this left turn sign had snow on it. What was I doing? What was that? That's ridiculous. And the guy just looked at me and he's like, yeah, it's an illegal left turn. And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
like I'm going to own my own, I'm going to own my own mistake. But how often, how often are we doing that? How often are we trying to find someone else to blame when it's our own innate nature that is keeping us from experiencing the fullness of Jesus? Uh, in TK's last preach, whenever that was, um, he, he, he <laughs> TK is never going to let me preach again. Uh, <laughs> TK talked about the song, Jesus Take the Wheel. And <laughs> that whole song just means he wasn't driving in the first place. So maybe it's, it, we should change that narrative a little bit and just be like, Jesus, you always have the wheel. Like, I don't need to sing a song. Please take the wheel now. It's like, no, you are driving for me. I feel like there are some here who are struggling to experience that joy. And you haven't known how to talk about it. You haven't known what to do about it. And the conclusion that I want to drive home is that we have a group of believers here who care. We have connect groups at this church for a very strategic reason. Um, Not to check off a box but so people can be open and vulnerable and honest about what it is that they are going through so that we could lift each other up. We can remove those burdens. We can help each other go through this. And when I see this vision of 10 and 10, and for those of you who, aren't, who haven't been um, here or maybe this is your first time, um, we have a vision of having 10 church plants or 10 multi-sites for Redemption City Church in the next 10 years. And actually, that's more or less the next eight-ish years, right? Um, and we've, already had, we've already had one, so we've got nine more to go. And we have to have a sense of community and togetherness to make that happen. And so, as I was studying this, and I... I we get distracted. And... Um, I'll be remiss if I don't just quickly you know, even talk about yesterday. So yesterday there were um, just a tough day. Two um, mass shootings in our country where 29 people were killed, innocent people. Some of them probably um, didn't know the Lord, didn't get the opportunity to actually know Jesus. And um, we so quickly are trying to find every reason. We're trying to make sense of it. We're trying to latch onto our political party. We're trying to do whatever we can to cope with what happens. Um, and I just felt the Lord just, his heart breaking over this. And just like, I want people to know my love. I want people to know my joy. Um, and so this morning, you know, I didn't sleep very well last night because I was like, in, I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I know that the Lord just weeps when any person is lost. You know, you talk about this word joy. It says in scriptures that there is more joy in heaven when one person is saved, when one person repents, than 99 who do not need repentance. Um, 
So I woke up this morning and I just checked out Facebook and one of the first things I saw was just an encouraging word from Cicely. Um, because Cicely, and I, and I told her this a couple weeks ago, her Facebook is full of love. She is consistently just giving out messages. If you need someone to talk to, I'm here. And it's uplifting. And there's just a consistency there that is so important. And I, I didn't tell Cicely I was going to call her out. But, uh, <laughs> but um, that's what we're here for. We are here to extend love and push people towards Jesus and push people towards the joy that they can have in Christ. And so all of us have that responsibility. And that's where I think community, we have the opportunity to actually be real with one another, push one another towards good works, rejoice in the hope that we have together. Um, and so I, I do want to encourage, if you're not plugged in with others here at this church, do it. Because we're better together. We're so much better together. And so let's, let's, let's form a bond that can't be broken, that we can be stronger together and actually see the vision that God has for us and God has for this church together as one body. Yes? All right. Um, so we've been trying to um, finish church around 11.15. It is 11.15 because eventually we're going to have two services. So we're... Um, yeah, we, so it's, it's about that time. But I really feel that we need to be able to respond to this this morning. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And um, just to have, don't, don't disconnect yet. Don't disconnect yet. I, I know that God is stirring some of you here today, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is, is, is speaking and saying, no, I want this healed in you. I don't want this this pain for you any longer. And so I'm going to pray. Um, yeah, let's go, ahead and, let's go ahead and close our eyes for, for a moment. Um, let's all stand together. Let's all stand together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, TK reminds, we'll, 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 never, we'll never rush, especially when Jesus has got something to do. And so, Lord, we, we right now give this time to you. We give this time to you. And we quiet our hearts before you right now, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now that you would single out where there is pain, where there is hurt, where there is trial, where there's tribulation, Lord. Um, and I, I pray for healing right now, Lord. Um, first of all, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know this amazing Lord that I've been talking about today, if you realize that you, you don't have joy because you actually don't have that relationship with Jesus, if you don't have that, you have an opportunity to make the best decision of your life right here on the spot and say, no, I am going to allow you in my heart. I'm going to allow you to be the Lord of my life. So with eyes closed hearts quiet. I just say, if, you, if that's you this morning, if you need to give your life to Jesus, I just ask that you raise your hand so I can celebrate with you. I can pray with you. Is there anyone that just needs that relationship with Jesus this morning? Is there anyone? 
So we're going to um, do another song here, but I, um, if there are those who need healing this morning, who have been going through trials, who have been going through stuff that it's just been hard, it's been hard for you to figure out what to do or how to overcome or you're feeling helpless, um, please come up to the front and there'll be multiple people who'd love to pray with you, who would love to um, just point you towards Jesus and point you towards what he has for you this morning. So as we worship, as we, as we sing, I, I ask that you step out in faith. Don't hold anything back. Why would you hold anything back? Don't hold anything back. I just pray, pray Lord, that you move in this space, Lord. Have your way in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name. What a stirring word this morning, huh? I, uh, there was two things that struck me here. First is just this, you know, Brad said we, when something goes down like a mass shooting or some of those things, we all want to point fingers. It's just human nature. We want to blame the other political party. No matter what political party you're part of, you want to blame the other guy. And the, 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 the truth is this, man. You know, Dudley's, I mean, Ty's dad, Dudley, hammered this into us 35 years ago, man. Jesus is God's total provision for man's total need for all time. That thing sits in the back of my mind, sits in my heart, sits in my spirit. And I want to tell you this, friends. Can we, as believers, as Christians, understand this? That when something like that happens, we've got one responsibility, and that's to point people towards Jesus. We don't have to point out mistakes. It's this, it's that, it's this guy, it's that guy. Let's just point people towards Jesus. My political party will not save this nation, neither will yours. doesn't matter which side we are on. Jesus is God's total provision for man's total need for all time. Let's point people towards Jesus. Let's point people towards Jesus. Let's make that our responsibility. Let's make that our initial response when we get into conversations and when, we, and when we're in these kind of things. Just point people towards Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for the amazing grace that you pour out on our lives. Thank you for going to the cross to secure an eternity for us. Thank you, Father, for the veil torn from top to bottom, that you pour out your Spirit on all flesh, and that part of that Spirit being poured out is love, joy, peace, patience. Give us all those things, Father, we pray. Let us not stop short of what you intended for us. Let us not stop short of gaining the fullness of what you provided for us on the cross, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well done, friends. Well done, Brad. Well done, Musos. Thank you so much. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.